Welcome to Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm Sean Rowley, and with me is Derek Special. Hello. What's happening, Derek? Uh, it's been a slow week. Has it? It's been a slow week since last time we recorded, so I've got nothing new. Nothing. No <laughs> well, you sprouts, know, the, no nothing. Uh, well, sprouts yeah, just so there's, on. there's some news on that front. I, uh, so you know, got to uh, uh, wash uh. the jars well between sprout growings. So we had some sprouts. We, I had uh, let them, I was trying to get them to grow really big. Yeah. Instead, they started going bad. Who? So I thought they'd just keep growing, but then they, there's a maximum and they all started turning brown. So I dumped them, gave it a rinse, started again. I should have gave it a wash, not a rinse. Ew. <laughs> so, so there was, there was whatever had gone wrong with the previous batch had transferred to the new batch. So. Deadness. Well, not deadness, but you know, there's a weird white fungus that was growing on them as they were growing. And it's like, Hey, well, that doesn't look right. They weren't <laughs> furry last time. <laughs> no, I don't recall fur. <laughs> Derek the farmer. So, <laughs> so needless to say, do you have sprouts growing again? Have you done it? No, I, f- I was supposed to start us. Uh, I was supposed to start beets soaking tonight. I'll have to do it when I get home. If I remember, because it, it soaks from, for sick between six and 12 hours. So if I can remember to do it when I get home, I, I'm, I'm really excited about the beets. Like, and you know, it, I tell you, it's fascinating. So you have, <laughs> you have a seed and, and I, I was, this was kind of keeping me awake a couple times this week. I'm thinking, it's like one of those things, where does space end? And so this was, uh, how does this seed know to grow in the way it does with whatever flavor, spiciness, and, you know, multi-leaves, that, that, you know, so the, the beets before they went bad started growing and you could see that they were red, right? And other ones were like, you know, it's, I just find it fascinating that all you're doing in, is feeding them water. All I'm giving them is water. No right? soil, no nothing. nothing. It's just water. You just. Homegrown hydroponics. I know. So you're just watering it. You just soak them or you don't. So the first time you soak them and then every other time, like twice a day, you just throw some water on them, give it a rinse and then drain it really quick. You're just keeping them moist and they grow. It's, it's like, uh, you know how, how it's amazing that animals like, you know, a horse, give them some a food horse and is walking in an hour, half an hour. And they just know, you know, like humans take forever to develop. I don't know how we survived, but anyways, like, you know, a lot of animals have these natural instincts and plants have natural instincts, right? Like oh, climbing yeah. vines and this, that, the other thing. It's just the way they grow. And it's like, you know, it's like the, it's, it's just. I don't know. I'm starting to find it fascinating. Kids are finding it fascinating You're too. You're starting to find it fascinating. Well, you, you don't think about it normally, right? Normally just, yeah, yeah. plants are plants. Wah, yeah. wah. There, there's veggies in my veggie crisper. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so it's uh, it was neat to see the little beet sprouts growing with red roots. I may have to start looking for a new co-host because Derek's <laughs> going to venture off and become a sprout farmer for full time. <laughs> it is fascinating. <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, lesson learned is uh, make sure you give the bottles a good wash before you start your next batch if something went wrong in the previous batch. So for everybody out there growing sprouts, <laughs> that's your tip of the week. Wash it, don't rinse it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, and we should put a call out is if there's anybody out there that has uh, paddled the Noir River in the last week, have you found any gear? Because nobody's called Martin yet. Yeah, you know, like... There's a canoe out there for the finding, camera gear out there High for the finding. High-end camera gear. 
Uh, pack paddles. filled with yeah, paddles. Pack filled with dirty underwear and socks. And a wallet and a phone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> has yeah. he posted a? Scott should be watching his credit card. Credit card. Credit card <laughs> yeah. Has, has he posted a reward or anything? No, no, I don't think so. Yeah, hopefully somebody calls him up. Yeah, I assume somebody would call him up. Like, if you find that stuff, who would keep it? Who would who who would paddle that river, find gear, and keep it? Derek and I both have our hands up. <laughs> 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 no, you know what? That's what you 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 call him up and meet up to pass it off. And yeah. Hopefully, dude buys you a beer, sort of thing. Yeah. You know, hey, thanks for this stuff, and <laughs> exactly. we're good to go. <laughs> Um, yeah. So hopefully, uh, hopefully he finds it, uh, or at least gets it passed off to him soon. Cause you know, you don't want that sitting out there over the winter. No, exactly. That's not, I don't think that'll go survive. Scott Rogers posted a picture today. Uh, When's the last time you saw Scott Rogers? Oh, a few weeks ago. He had a beard. Oh, he's really shaved everything right <laughs> off. He <laughs> did this. Uh, I think it was today or yesterday. Wow. Yeah. Cause he grows a beard like super fast and. Yeah, Thick and it and was a big, long beard, right? Yeah. So there was theirs was him just a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, so, uh, he looks too hipster. <laughs> he to- he's totally hipster. He's got the, the <laughs> hair going and everything, eh? That's just pure on yeah. hipster. Well, that's so different, eh? Yeah. Now he just looks like he's in a <laughs> punk band. Yeah, he does, doesn't he? He's gone from a hipster to a punk rocker. Yeah. <laughs> Way to go, Scott. Way to go, buddy. We're there, we're yeah. <laughs> Um, well, we have something else here in front of us. Yes. Treats. We have treats. <laughs> Good treats. So one of our listeners, Rob, uh, Rob who? I don't know if I should say his last name. I don't know. I don't think he'd mind. He didn't say not to say his last name. Rob from Angus, <laughs> Ontario, uh, sent me a message saying, hey, I've got something. What's your mailing address? So I gave him my mailing address and a box showed up. And I'm like, uh, what's this? It's not a bomb, is it? <laughs> yeah. So I shook it and there was huh. this noise. So I opened it. Mountain House Adventure Meals, Biscuits and Gravy. <laughs> buttermilk biscuits with gravy and pork sausage freeze dried so if anybody listens regularly you know that we talked about this within i love the last my biscuits and gravy <laughs> mm. so yeah so uh rob sent us a, a couple of those um as well as and i've never heard of these before hungry jack original hash brown potatoes Family size, serve seven. Now, you and I are having an issue with this. I know. So, this is like the small creamer packs or the... or the uh, milk. Or the Tetra milk. Yeah, the yeah. small bo- chocolate <laughs> milk or where you get liquid eggs in in the grocery store. It's just the smaller Tetra pack. It's... But it's seven people? How is this going to feed... I've... <laughs> now, it is freeze-dried, but you rehydrate it within the same within pack. Within the package. So, it doesn't expand. This would have to turn into... Well, it depends how big the people are. Yes. We're talking like maybe seven packets. I mean, we're talking buckets. leprechauns. Yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking, I'm going to make this sausage and uh, biscuits and gravy. Yeah. And hash browns, throw in a couple of eggs while I'm camping. Mm-hmm. It's going to make a great meal. And then it's, well, the, the biscuits and gravy say two people serving. Yeah. Uh, no. That's, <laughs> that's, that's a Sean serving right there. But these hash browns are a seven, a seven people serving. 
That's going to be I'm an awful, I'm skeptical. awful lot of... I'm skeptical. Yeah, part of me wants to try one before I actually take it out yeah. there. Um, so, like, one thing I, w- one thing that kind of I find peculiar about it, though, is uh, wh- when's the expiry date on the uh, hash browns? Uh, 2021? I yeah, like I August, August 2021. It's on the lid. Is it on the lid? The other side. Best so, by August 3rd, 2021. Yeah. So the biscuits and gravy is best by January 2050. So 30 years down the road, why do they even give a month? Is in February 2050, 30 years in one month, they're no good. Like I just find, I thought I'd procure that they think it's a long date, like 30 mm-hmm. years it's going to be good for, but they give a month. Maybe it explodes. <laughs> when you're into talking you? decades. Yeah. <laughs> it's decades. <laughs> the month matters if it's decades down the road. Three decades and five months. <laughs> Don't go six months because <laughs> then you're going to have to throw it out. You're all going to die. This oh. message will <laughs> self-destruct <laughs> this in meal five will, seconds. Yeah. You will die on the <laughs> June 1st. But still 30 years. Yeah. Wow, eh? I know. No artificial preservatives, no artificial flavors, no artificial colors. Biscuits and gravy. Oh, excited. Biscuits with gravy and pork sausage. Mountain House. Oh, and uh, what does it say on the bottom of this? Oh, I know. I think that's... uh, (laughs) When you slide down the banister of life, may the splinters be pointing the right way. (laughs) Right on the bottom of the package. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> so Rob from Angus, thank you very much for these. Yeah, we thanks are, Rob. Appreciate I'm it. I'm actually going to, uh, I'm heading north next week. Next week. There you go. And uh, I'm going to give these a whirl. So. Yeah, let me know if uh, the Hungry Jack uh, hash browns feed just you or seven people. Because <laughs> yeah, you do them in here. How does that feed seven people? I know. Something that big. Maybe if you have one or two spoonfuls each. I guess if it's one hamburger hash brown, if it's hash a, brown strand for you. Yes. <laughs> so if you consider it a side and not a main course, if you're just scooping a little bit of hash browns onto the plate next to your scr- next to your scrambled yeah, fried look, eggs. Look at the picture. There's a lot of yeah. There's a lot of hash browns on that plate. Two eggs and bacon, and then a Ready heaping mound the, yeah, of of hash browns. I gotta see this. Man. I'm, I'm guessing you could eat that in a sitting, one person. I should have made some before you got over. <laughs> <laughs> we'll let you know how it turns out. Yes. So, but yeah, thank you very much, Rob. We'll uh, be uh, trying those, especially the biscuits and gravy. Yes, I'm excited. All right. Uh, what are we drinking tonight, by the way? A dead elephant. Railway City's Dead Elephant India Pale Ale. Hmm. Yes, yeah. it's good. Awesome. I, I've, I I've like been it. I've been doing good lately. I haven't gotten any kosher gluten free beers or <laughs> none of the wonky stuff. <laughs> I'm a little bit more discriminating now when I randomly pick beers off the shelf. It's like uh, this isn't kosher gluten free alcohol free <laughs> beer, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Just nothing but the good stuff. Oops. <laughs> I think there's still bottles out here, isn't there? Uh, there was one bottle up over there, but I yeah. don't know if it's gone. I think I gave it to somebody. Yeah, as a joke. In. Yeah, it's a yeah. joke gift. <laughs> Try this one. Oh, I liked it. Ooh, okay, out of my house. <laughs> I still have those sour beers in my garage. We must have tried those a year ago. Oh, they're so. Oh, bad. They got to be so much better now. 
Yeah. Yeah, they would improve with age. Have one of your wife, see if she likes it. <laughs> she already tried one and she it was her uh, I got video of her trying it. She did not like it. Well, take video for trying it now. <laughs> see if the see if the changes. Yeah. Yeah, because uh because uh craft brews they have a long shelf life. Yeah. Especially in that hot garage. <laughs> so I think they uh I think they say that uh, craft beer is only good for about three months. Something like that, yeah. That's max. Yeah. Something like that. Something like that, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It goes too fast <laughs> in my house. Uh, speaking of breweries, uh-huh. I'm going to be visiting a couple. Are you? Mm-hmm. I am heading north for five days, six days, something like that. Next week. Where are you going? I'm going to explore the Lake Superior area oh, between cool. Sudbury up towards uh, Marathon, maybe as far as Terrence Bay. Cool. Terrence, Terrence Bay. Yeah. Right on. Uh, there's a lot. Well, we've had this discussion. I never get on Lake Superior. Yeah. Every time so you do, So what it's better too time rough. to go than in October? Because <laughs> that's going <laughs> to. Because. Well, I'm going to beat the gales of November. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when did the Edmunds Fitzgerald uh, sing? In the gales. Well, the gales of November came early. So. Yeah. <laughs> October, <laughs> but there's some inland spots I want to check out and whatnot. And, um, uh, yeah, some inland rivers and lakes and there's some waterfalls I want to go check out. And nice. it's a driving, canoeing, minor bit of hiking photography. Oh yeah. I used to like all my photography gear. I used to take it on every single trip and my, a lot of my trips were centered around photography. Yeah. But I've sort of let that go to the back burner for the last six or seven years, I guess. Yeah. And it's like, you know what? I need to get back there and just forget all the extra, just paddle, 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 yeah. paddle, 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 paddle. the last paddle, time paddle. you did uh, light photography and... Yeah, well, that was last year, yeah. It's been, yeah. Yeah. It's funny how your passions kind of fade with times are busy and well this year's been weird too right yeah. there's a lot of stuff that i would normally have been doing this year that i haven't and well when i go out there with the and do the fire spinning now with everything that's going on somebody's going to think is i've i've terrorists, my there's cat- terrorists yeah i flipped my <laughs> cotillion and i'm gonna do a little bit of arson or something like that i don't need that so uh yeah so you know yeah with these times and that you know things just sort of go by the wayside yeah. and um we're uh sit there once in a while and you're going you know why haven't i done that in a done while. that well, yeah. You know, because, and then you're thinking about the are... trips you do and you're thinking, oh, this was a revolved around that trip and this did that and this is what we we're doing here. Mm-hmm. This was a big one there and a big one. So it's like, yeah, you know what? I'm not, I'm not going to do anything too funky. You're going solo or you're going? I'm going solo. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't done it. I haven't done it. Well, I guess I did a solo trip last year, didn't I? Yeah. Tamagami. Uh, and again, that wasn't a full on, that was a sort yeah. of a exploring travel every day, mm-hmm. not set up and do photos in one spot for an hour and a half sort yeah. of sort of thing. So, um, yeah, I'm going to do solo and I think I'm going to sort of see if I can get into, um, Agua Bay, which is halfway between Sault Ste. Marie pretty much. And Agua Bay, and is that like Agua Canyon where it's good to go in the fall with colors? Uh, There's no, the Agua Canyon the, train. Yeah. That takes forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't know if that's running at this time, but yeah, that's, yeah, I think f- color should be gone by time i get up there next yeah week. they're they're right they're prime right peak now right now yeah peak right now in Algonquin, yeah near peak um so yeah so i'm gonna go up there and check out hopefully you know what there i'm actually as bad as this is i hope there's some bad weather <laughs> yeah you'll never hear that again <laughs> well you know it adds, just it's good lighting big waves yeah and the, yeah because yeah, i want to do i want to get back into the black and white photography i haven't done that in ages 
you know, um, like I say, with the light, I've been doing so much light photography the last few years, you know, everything's at night, but it all involves, you know, fire and color, yeah. colored lights and all that sort of stuff. And I sort of dropped off with the black and white photography and getting up there. That's like the perfect area. We get all the rocks and the big waves oh, yeah. and, Be fantastic. you know, all the, all that sort of stuff, the harsh, rugged look. Um, so do some of that up there. And uh, yeah, if I can get out in the canoe out on Superior and do some paddle along the shoreline and stuff, that'll be cool. But there's lots of inland rivers and, and stuff. I mean, it's, it's endless up there. It's a beautiful area. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to check all that out and, uh, you know, I'm going to be making some biscuits and gravy and hash browns at one point. <laughs> that's for sure. So I'll let you know how it goes. But yeah, there's, there's a couple of, uh, breweries in Sault Ste. Marie and whatnot. So I'll stop in there on my way Perfect. through and think there's a couple in Sudbury yeah. and then yeah I'll supply myself for the week and have a couple of brews every night just to that way when I'm heading home I know which ones I like and I can <laughs> exactly. pick them up on the way home yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh do 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 yeah so when you're talking about the colors uh, Algonquin Park right now if you want to do some fall paddling mm-hmm. if you're in Toronto now is the time to be doing it uh, Killarney and Algonquin, I believe are peak right now. Keep in if mind. If you can get into. Keep in mind. Yeah. It's very busy right now. So you'll be doing day trips. Yep. Um, if you're going paddling interior. Yeah. Your odds are bad. much yeah. better. Yeah. But if you're planning just to go through. Any access park, lakes are yeah, going to be, are fully booked. Packed. And even the highways getting in. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody's going up there looking at the fall yeah. colors along highway 60. Um, well, if you you're sitting your, in your car, you can socially distance from the public, right? So yeah. Yeah, I think you're going to see a lot of, the, I initially thought that, oh, I wonder if fall colors would be easier to access because of COVID. And, but no, you know what? I think uh, that, uh, I think the traffic is going to be even worse. I think they, somebody said there was an hour and a half or something. Wait just to get to the, into the gate oh. last weekend. Wow. Yeah. I'd turn around. Yeah. You know what? I don't stand in lines. I'm not parking in a yeah. line. Yeah, not that long. There's a lot of different areas you can go to to find colors. You can just go side roads or, you yeah. know, access roads. You don't have to, you don't have to enter the park. It, you know, it. Uh, and don't go on people's private property either. Uh, yes. Good because, point. Because uh, Ox Tongue Lake has that issue. There's a couple of private areas and mm-hmm. also no, cars nonstop going up and down. They're like, yeah. guys, these are people's driveways. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Killarney's another option. I'm not sure how that is for. Crowds. I mean, they don't have the road that goes straight through, but yeah, it's a bit more remote. It's not as easily accessed. It's yeah, but if you're looking to do some canoeing, that that's, oh, that's, yeah. that'd be good. Yeah, uh, seems about three or four hour out of drive north. Uh, our drive north of Toronto seems to be where the peak is right now, uh, and it slowly moves south. Right, the colors. So as a couple weeks go by, beyond peak and rains will start yeah. and. Um, Leaves are gone, that sort of thing. So if you're going to do it, this is the time to do it. And remember, if you are going out for a day paddle, it is October now. It's getting cold. First day of October, dress for the water temperatures. You know, you're talking dry suits, wet suits. Make Mm -hmm. sure you stay safe. Yeah. There's already been a few um, news incidents, we'll call them that. Oh, yes? Oh, uh, yeah. There's been a lot of them already because people are just getting out there and I, I see them now and I used to read them all mm-hmm. just to get a feel for who it was and stuff like that. And it's all over the place now. It's not just drunk people or new people yeah. Yeah. or someone was goofing around or someone was trying to say something. It's everything. 
Mm-hmm. So yeah, don't be a new st- statistic. Yeah, don't be a statistic. Did you, speaking of uh, cold water and such, did you see the posting that Alan Drummond made today about, I uh, can't remember what he called, but it's uh, it's the uh, the drop-off or something oh, for temperature? Oh, you know what? I just saw the quick uh, thing there. Um, I don't know if I emailed drop. that to you or not. It, no, no, I, I saw it quickly on his, yeah. on the Facebook, the Sea Kayaking yeah, yeah. Facebook uh, group there. It's interesting. It's an interesting study. Well, what was it? Did you read it? I did read it. So what it was is the the uh, the individual took part in the study. They were doing uh, like cold water testing, and it, I can't remember what it's called. If you can look it up, it's uh, something about rebound or, or after drop. So anyways, after drop, that was after it. drop. Yeah, after drop. So they did uh, the guy did two tests. So the first test he did it at eighteen degrees. So it, it's based on swimmers, but you know what? People who kayak and canoe, if you're in the water a lot, you, you basically consider yourself a swimmer sometimes. So if you dump in the water, it, what they're saying is that, the, the, so they had them, and 18 degree water is fairly warm. Mm-hmm. So it's 16 degree, but it can be chilly. So anyways, the two hours in 18 degree water, and they got out of the water, bundled up in warm clothes, and drank tea and monitor temperature. So what they expected was that your body temperature would rebound. It didn't. It dropped further. So uh, it oh. dropped a further couple degrees. And uh, so what it was is, uh, so when you, you're, you're, it's called vasorestriction, vasorestrictor, whatever. Right. So your body lets the outer extremities chill, but it retains the warm blood in the core to hold your core temperature. But then when you get out of the water and you bundle up and you drink hot tea and whatever, then your body relaxes that effect and it lets the cold extremities, it it lets the the blood wash through the cold extremities and it brings the cold blood back into the core. And instead of your, your body rebounding, there was a bit of a dip and then it slowly rebounds. And Mm. when they repeated the test at 16 degrees, two hours in 16 degree water, got out, uh, they had, you know, bundled up, had hot tea and ate some food. And, uh, and they said it's it, just the two degrees, the, uh, the, the temperature drop from, uh, from normal body temperature to like down to like 30, 36 degrees, 36 degrees. And then, so the drop went further than that though, the second time, right on the 16 degrees. So it was yeah. even more accentuated and so it's, it's one of those things you never think about it. It's like, okay, I'm out of the, I'm out of the cold water now. I'm good. Well, no, it, because, and what they're saying is, uh, the, this reaction uses up a lot of energy because you're shivering. So they say, don't drive and, uh, make sure you eat because your body's going to need that energy. Because if you feel like you're fine, but then you get into a car to drive somewhere and crank up the heat and then it allows the, the cold and warm blood to mix and it drops your core temperature, you could start to go hypothermic and then it'll affect your cognitive abilities. And that's no way to drive, right? Is that why, is it frostbite? They say you warm your fingers and everything up slowly. Because you don't want to. You don't want to all of a sudden You don't want to cool your core. Yeah. You don't want to cool your core too quick. And it's also, if you warm up your, if you have frostbite, if you warmed up too quick, it, uh, it damages the cells further. Yeah. 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 That's uh, you wouldn't think that. Eh? It's, it's an not interesting you'd study. Really be, yeah, be thinking it, about. It's called Afterdrop, is what they call yeah, it. Yeah, Afterdrop. Yeah. So I thought that was when I read that thing that at Alan posted. It's like that's fascinating. I never thought of well, that. Well, because the the picture 
shows some guy climbing into water yeah. or climbing out. Yeah. Depends. And it says after drop. So I'm thinking maybe when you drop in, there's that initial cold mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden it yeah. really gets cold. That was the after drop. Yeah. They're like the secondary. Yeah. But no, it has nothing to it's do with It's a secondary <laughs> body core temperature drop mm-hmm. after your extremities recover from the chill that they're experiencing. And so you, you, two hours, you're stable in the water, but then you get out and your core now suddenly takes a cold, takes a drop in temperature and suddenly you're not even in the water anymore. And then you're going to become hypothermic. Yeah. Which you don't expect. Yeah, you would, and so then you start to experience shock. You start to experience hypothermia. You you um, you have the cognitive uh, loss, and it's uh, it's like I I just thought it was it was a fascinating study that uh, Alan came across. It was I wonder really who, interesting. Who thought of that? I don't know, but because like you say, it's not something you'd think of. No, you no, but it's anybody who I imagine a doctor, anybody like would know. It's like, oh, you know what? As soon as you, as soon as your body starts to recover, your that blood's going to now rush to the core, mm-hmm. and your your body, your automatic body reaction is to protect the core. Now that's gone because you're no longer in the cold water, so the body starts to return to normal. So I think I think that anybody who is in the medical industry would say, oh yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Right? Yeah. But well, for, when you start talking about it and going through it, it does make it's sense. It's like, oh yeah, the physics of it. Yeah. The, uh, the, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, uh, so yeah. So be aware that if you, if you do find yourself in water, you go for a swim when you're canoeing or kayaking and, and you think, because it just reminded me of, uh, when, uh, when Martin went into the river, like he was in shock because he went over a waterfall, but he was in the water long enough and that water is pretty chilly too. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like when I went for a swim on the Sunday, it was like, it was a quick swim. <laughs> <laughs> I was in the pool. <laughs> it was the pool. The pool's cold. Anyway, so I was thinking afterwards, like, you know, we, we did get uh, Martin in dry clothes really quick and we had built a nice big roaring fire to, to warm him up. Like all of us were wet after that. We're all like needed the fire going, but it was, uh, it was like, yeah, you know what? He, he was in the water. He was cold, but he would have a further drop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You'd have that after drop. Yeah. And so, you know, you, That's ca- a cool you come out of the water and you, you say, okay, I'm going to run it off. I'm going to, I'm going to exercise to warm my core back up. Initially, when you exercise, you're going to drop your core temperature. Mm-hmm. And then after a time, you're going to warm it up. So you have to be careful after for that initial after drop. I wonder if the same thing works when your body gets too hot, trying to keep your core. Oh, because your extremities would be flushed and hot. You're sweating. But what would be the, so like that'd be hot water and then you get out. Then all of a sudden your core gets really hot. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if your body reacts that way. It's the same with cold. Cause like a hot spring or something, right? Mm-hmm. Not that you really care. <laughs> yeah. You're not freezing. Yeah. Usually when you jump in a hot spring, you're there for a good reason. Yeah. Because your veins would just open up and mm-hmm. it could overheat your core. Yeah. It is a completely different reaction, but I wonder if there's a danger there. Not to me, there isn't. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, after drop, yeah, Google that and yeah, you Google can that read and take a, a look. Bit. Or, but yeah, whoever thought of that was using uh-huh. their uh, smarticle particles. That's yes, for sure. yeah, because you wouldn't think of that. You, you think, yeah, it's not. It's get not, out, warm up right away. Yeah, you're good. You're good to go. I'm under the yeah. water now. It's yeah. like, oh, no, there's going to be a little bit of a drop here and then you're going to grab her. Yeah. Cool. Huh. So yeah, totally forgot about it. So yeah, when you're out paddling, 
If you fall in, remember that. Yes, remember you, after drive. But you'd better be having your dry suits and wetsuits and yes, everything. Yes, exactly. Dress for the water temperature. Yeah. And if you experience uh, any any cold water immersion, like and all the shivering that you're going to do, make sure you eat. Eat some food. Yeah. Eat some food. You got to eat, like drink some warm liquids, but you got to eat food. Because you're when you do all that shivering, your body is suddenly using up a lot of energy. Yeah. Full body shiver. Oh. I used to go to the movies yeah. in the winter, drink that big ice cold pop, <laughs> and then go out and sit in your car, <laughs> <laughs> and then shiver for the next yeah. hour. Your you hands, can't get the key you can't even get the key because your whole arm is moving. <laughs> I hate that. Um, what else? Oh, we posted a video from Dane Jackson, uh, on our Facebook page, yeah. <laughs> kayaking the narrow parts of the El Rio Claro uh, River in Chile. Yeah. It's posted on our face. Definitely not a beginner, <laughs> beginner course. Uh, however, because you had posted saying, yeah, I would never do that. If I was as experienced as those guys. I would do it. I'd probably give that a whirl. If I was experienced. Yeah. Because it's white water. It's what, six feet across? If that, is sometimes the the size of the well, boat. Sometimes were, he has to take his kayak paddle and go straight front back because his paddle won't go sideways. Go sideways, yeah. And you could almost see the sides of his kayak almost scraping on both sides. Some of them were really narrow shoots. Yeah, so that'd be like three feet. So, like it, but two, it, three it's three just feet, these yeah. constant narrow shoots and drop offs and mini waterfalls and yeah. and there's a couple that look like a water slide. They were slid down and then jumped off and then dropped in. Did and, you see the one where the guy was sitting there talking and then all of a sudden he didn't realize he was backing up too close to the waterfall? Oh, and vroom, down he goes backwards <laughs> and they're sitting there laughing at him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, check out that. It's only what a seven and a half minute video yeah, or something but like it's, that. It's but fascinating. It's like oh my. It's, it's, and it's like it never ends. Yeah. You'd swear they've looped it or something, but <laughs> it's all different. Yeah. And it just never it's an ends. Incredible it's drop after drop after. Yeah. I, I never actually checked. I wonder how much. Uh, Volume of water? No. Oh, elevation height, Elevation. That's where yeah. it's Elevation change from yeah. the top to the bottom. Yeah. That's got to be a lot of it because that water is moving pretty fast. Yeah, it was. And yeah. And there's drop, 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 yeah. drop, 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 drop. Yeah. You know, like every 10 feet you're dropping again. Yeah. That's got to be it a lot. Of, it looked really it looked fun. really fun, <laughs> but but you need the you need to you have need some to white be, water because there's no way out. You got to have a bomb proof roll. Yeah, yeah. It, it, you need some experience. You can't just go do this thing. Well, you can. <laughs> Not recommend it. Yeah, good but luck. You can <laughs> point your boat that way. <laughs> Hang on, shut yeah. up. And <laughs> yeah, it was just this constant water slide pool, water slide pool, water slide pool. It was pretty fascinating. Yeah. Watch the video. It's on our Facebook page. Yeah. El Rio Claro. Um, you sent me an article to, and, and John Van Berger, who's not with us tonight. Uh, you sent us a little article to read. Uh, and it got me thinking about different things. And it got me particularly thinking, how do we pick our paddle sport? Like back in the day. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I wanted a boat to go fishing, but I want, I ended up, I wanted a canoe so that I could get out and do some fishing. Yeah. And, you know, maybe go on a couple of trips or something. And that was it. Yeah. That was, it was cut and dry. That's what everybody, you mm-hmm. got a canoe so you could go yeah. on a trip or, you know, or at the cottage or something like that. Nowadays, 
you think canoe kayaks down up it's not so cut it's and all dry branched out like back in the day you buy yourself an aluminum grumman and just like it, grumman and and you just you do everything in it yeah but nowadays it's it's like you need a, a you need a farm with a barn so you can store your 200 kayaks and canoes and paddle boards and yeah i mean when you're looking at kayaking yeah recreational touring whitewater play boating racing slalom fishing surf and a lot of those have total different different designs different yeah they've developed the models and and the sport is in such a way that like a specific boat has a specific use and yeah you're not going to use a a play boat for you wouldn't you could but you wouldn't necessarily use a play boat for like a a whitewater trip you wouldn't uh you wouldn't yeah, you wouldn't do a tour. You wouldn't uh, take a uh, a playboat or a whitewater kayak and, and try and do a camping trip. Mm-hmm. You, you, like, you know what I mean? Like, you're not going to tour islands unless you have a sea, a sea kayak or, you know, yeah. an open water kayak. It's, it, they're, they're all different. And, and even then down to, like, fishing, it's like, when you're, it's hard to fish out of a normal, uh, normal kayak with the hatch combing and, and whatever, you're going to have an open, t- you're going to have a sit on top fishing kayak, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, even canoeing, recreational, tripping, whitewater, fishing, cottage canoe, outrigger canoes, like they got them for everything. And just to make matters more fun. Yeah. So you got yourself a whitewater kayak. Which kind do you get? Creek boat, long boat, river runner, play boat. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> it's just endless. I know you can't. So it's it's one of those things you have to really decide what. Uh, you know, a lot of people when they start out, they say, "Oh, well, we'll just try and do some whitewater," and then you realize, "Hey, I really like the playboating. I really like just sitting there and and rolling and and you know playing in the playing in the surf and whatever." Then you, then you buy a second boat and you just, you come down to your specific discipline that you're gonna try and become an expert in or have the fun with, right? But you can't, you can't be an expert in everything. And don't get me started, tandem or solo. Because <laughs> then you end up with a kayak and two canoes in your garage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but even stand-up paddleboard, I mean, people are getting the stand-up paddleboarding so they can boot around an eye, their yep. cottage or something like that. Well, now people are, you know, you got your recreational one that everybody has. And but people then are starting to trip and They're doing their, their tripping on yeah. them and they're getting into white water on them now. So they're combining. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The whitewater <laughs> surfing style with yeah. with the paddle, basically, right? So, also, I got to say is uh, paddle sports have come a long way in the last hundred yeah. years. <laughs> the d- different disciplines have developed so deeply. Remember when it was like a cedar strip wood canoe? Remember back in the days with the birch bark canoe? Yeah. <laughs> back in the day. Back in the day. Uh, let's take a quick break here. When we come back, uh, we finally got an answer to something that they we talked about months ago i think like last year maybe it's been a while it has been uh, we'll be right back after this hi this is dark Sprest. you're listening to paddling adventures radio if you like what you've been hearing you can find out more by checking us out at paddlingadventuresradio.com as well as on facebook instagram and on twitter you can find all of our episodes on itunes google play and the episode page for our website where all our podcasts are available for download or streaming We love to hear from our listeners, so if you have a suggestion for the show or want to let us know how we're doing, please drop us a line. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. This portion of the show is brought to you by Algonquin Outfitters. Algonquin Outfitters, providing quality Algonquin Park backcountry adventures for the entire family since 1961. Whether you want to get on the water for a day or a week, the friendly staff at Algonquin Outfitters can help you out. 
Find them online at algonquinoutfitters.com or visit one of their 12 locations. Algonquin Outfitters, your outdoor adventure store, with locations in Algonquin Park, Muskoka, and Halliburton. Welcome back. So way back when, because time flies, apparently. We had to search. We had no (laughs) idea it was that far back. Oh, man. Almost exactly three years ago. Three years and four days ago. Three years. Three years and four days ago. (laughs) (laughs) Four score and however many years. So yeah, three years, four days ago, we talked about who owns stand-up paddleboarding because it was a controversy at the time. Yes. Is it the International Surfing Association or is it the International Canoeing Federation? And they were all fighting over who, because it had a paddle, the Canoe Federation said it should be theirs because it was a surf style board. The Surfing Association said it should be theirs and da, 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 da. And they're fighting over. And the reason that one of the things they were fighting over was who uh, will, who will represent, represent at like yeah. Olympic games so it, and it stuff like that. it comes down to, so it comes, would come down to prestige and obviously money. Yeah. Oh, big right? time. Yeah. And so, of course, you're going to fight over it. It's like, no, I want it. No, I want it. You know what I mean? It's, uh, anyways. Yeah. I it's, think it's finally it's been big, answered. It has been answered. Are you ready for this? Who, who would you have thought it would go to? I would have thought it would go to the, the surfing association. You know what? That's exactly <clears throat> what I thought it would go to. Because it's just the craft, regardless of what the paddle that it uses a paddle. Like I've seen surfers use paddles and it's, it's a rudder. Yeah. And that, to me in that way, it's a rudder. Yeah. I mean, realistically it's, if you're out, if you're surfing, you're, it's just a rudder. Or a way to get out to the water. Yeah. But if you're paddle boarding, it's sort of, you're paddling your craft. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's the argument for both, but I always would think it would fall Just under because, surfing. Yeah. The vessel itself, yeah. or if you want to call it a vessel. Yeah, I would. Yeah. So the International Surfing Association president has revealed he did not waste any time in having a discussion with the International Olympic Committee on the inclusion of stand-up paddleboarding at the Paris 2024 uh, following the end of a long, drawn-out dispute over who was in charge of the sport. Last month, the Court of Arbitration for Sport ruled that both the ISA and International Canoe Federation could stage stand-up paddleboard events, but the ISA, the International Surfing Association, would be the international federation to govern the sport at the Olympic level. So we would have been right. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. So either either uh, group can have events, have stand-up yep. paddleboard events. They can govern them. They can do whatever. But when it comes to the, the higher level and the training and all the stuff that's involved at the Olympic event level, then... It would be the uh, ISA, the International Surfing Association. And that makes sense. It make totally makes sense to me. You know, that, and that's a, exactly what I thought. It, it, it should go to them. Um, I know I'm a hardcore canoe tripper, but yeah, uh, to me, it, it's more of a surfing exactly. sort of thing. Um, he says that there's still an ongoing discussion, but needless to say, it's just like with surfing, we will continue to paddle hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that the ISA will be aiming to include stand-up paddleboarding in other multi-sport competitions. Uh, 
Our plan is to continue to proactively promote and in the inclusion of stand-up paddleboarding in the Olympic program, but also in the other major multi-sport games under the patronage of the IOC. Stand-up paddleboarding has already been confirmed on the program at the next Pan American Games in 2023 and the Asian Beach Games in 2021. Are they, are they still holding, I guess they're still holding Olympics, right? They were talking about it last year. So, so this year's Olympics was supposed to happen in June. It's been held over until June of 2021. So it, it's going to be a weird year. So I, I don't think they're going to change other dates or subsequent dates. Uh, so it'll be instead of two years between summer and winter, it'll be one year between summer and winter, right? Mm-hmm. So the in 2021 should be theoretically the winter game, winter Olympics in. Japan, I think, right? Yeah. And then there would be the Summer Olympics in 2024. In Paris. Oh, wait a sec. I don't know either. Because <laughs> it's every two years, right? Well, no. It was every, every two years. Every four years, but it's every two years you have... An Olympic event. Yeah. So yeah. it's between Winter Olympics, it's four years between winter to winter. Yes. Yeah. But it's staged winter to your summer to years winter to exactly. your summer so if this year 2020 was to be oh i'm so yeah. confused now anyway, my, my, <laughs> the reason i was asking is because i wonder if the asian beach games are going to be held in 2021 or if they'll be canceled see there's a lot of questions still in the air it's yeah yeah we'll see uh, yeah we'll have to see we'll see so this uh, this whole thing, that a confrontation between the ISA and the ICF arose in 2017, which is when we first, when we first, first talked about it, right? It. Yeah. yeah. And the Canoe Federation was claiming ownership and the Surfing Association had been heavily involved in the discipline at its world championships yeah. since 2012. So they've already been doing it for five years at their championship levels. So the ISA launched a legal case in July 2018 to try and resolve it. Both organizations um, were running uh, stand-up paddleboard events at the time. Yeah. And they tried, uh, the, the CIS there, the Court of Arbitration for Sport, so, you know, tried to do a mediation and everything, but it all failed. So then they just said, okay, fine, you know what? It's the surfing association. Yeah. <laughs> Enough of this. Enough just, of this. You yeah. guys do it. The Canoe Federation can continue to develop host and host events in the discipline with the governing body set to hold the next uh, stand-up paddleboard world championships in Hungary in 2021. There you go. So that is who now owns it for all intents and purposes. It belongs to the International Surfing Association, but the Canoeing Federation will be doing events as well. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what... Okay, so the next couple f- topics are sort of joined. They're similar, I guess. Yeah, it's... <laughs> this it's, really makes me feel like I've done absolutely nothing during my COVID break. I know, right? I'm so in Sweet bugger all, as it were. <laughs> and when you're done hearing these, you're going to be thinking, yeah, pretty much I've done the exact same nothing you guys did. <laughs> What's the biggest thing you've done during, in the past six months? Um, I guess the, the Noir, Noir River. River. Yeah. 
I had smaller camping trips and family camping trips. But nothing major. No. Like nothing we've been, more than a week. We've Yeah, we've been, uh, I've been on the couch a lot. Yeah, couch surfing. I'm doing the right thing. Who um, owns couch surfing? Ooh, the ICS. Call the CAS. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I think most of us have been thinking, oh, I'm going to stay in. I'm not going to do anything. Yeah. Especially since a lot of campgrounds and stuff and backcountry stuff was, was closed. closed, right? Well, let me tell you something. Because <laughs> this is going to make you feel like you wasted Wasted Opportunities. <laughs> Egyptian adventure kayakers uh, kayak the length of the Nile River August 1st to September 12th. Setting off in August, Egyptian adventurers Omar El Gala and Omar Hossam embarked on a journey across Egypt kayaking the length of the Nile from Abu Simbel all the way to Ras El Bar where the mighty river meets the Mediterranean Sea. That's a long trip. Did they give the full mileage? Uh, oh, 1,491 kilometers, 43 days, huh. dubbed the Nile Odyssey. <laughs> yeah, you feel useless yeah. now, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> you could have done that in 43 days. Oh, yeah. Now you're thinking to yourself, you're saying, hey, self, who would paddle across Egypt, right? Who would find right? it? Yeah, it's not something you're thinking, I'm going to go find a desert <laughs> and I'm going to paddle across that desert 1,500 kilometers. Well, and I don't know that you could properly safely filter the Nile water. So that's a complication about uh-huh. obtaining water. Yeah. Um, and y- it's, you got crocodiles or something, don't they? The Nile crocodile? Yeah. There's that. Plus, it's not a very safe crime-wise area, right? The camels are going to get you. <laughs> I was attacked by a herd of camels. <laughs> so, yeah, it's... It's not something you're thinking of doing. No. Well, apparently these fellas did. Yeah, good on them. 43-day voyage dubbed the Nile Odyssey began August 1st, concluded September 12th. So this was just recently. Yeah. And they were doing, they weren't just paddling straight either. They were doing stuff along the way. Um, the, yeah, the total, total kilometer, 1491 kilometers, like almost 1500 kilometers, navigating treacherous waters of Lake Nasser, battling strong winds, rough waves, a sandstorm, and a scourge of mosquitoes. (laughs) Scourge. Scourge. Was that your word or is that theirs? No, that's their word. A A scourge. scourge. Is it scourge or scourge? Scourge. Scourge. S-C-O-U-R. Scourge. I've heard scourge. I've heard scourge, but I didn't know there was an O in there. Yeah. Must be a silent O. Or maybe I always spelled it wrong. Scourge. Scourge of mosquitoes. (laughs) All in the sweltering August heat. That's what would have stopped me right there. Right? (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm going to do this in January. (laughs) So it's either the heat or uh, swim with the parasites. Yeah, that's exactly it. Uh, what do they say here? The crossing to, and I am so sorry if I pronounce these names wrong. The crossing to Bob Kalabsha. Bob Kalabsha. The entrance to the last section of Lake Nasser was the longest kayaking session in our journey without breaks. We had to kayak for 20 kilometers in scorching heat with the temperature hitting a peak of 45 degrees oh. Celsius. Now I don't know. 
I guess it's drier there, so you're not dealing with the humidity on top of that, <laughs> sure, right? Sure, it's a dry heat. You're it's fine. It's a dry heat. You're good. <laughs> well, I mean, you got the humidity. Add add some heat to it, right? Correct. Uh, until we reach the other side. After a long break, we kayaked for another 12 kilometers, where we dropped anchor for the night. So that was 32 kilometers. But you, if if you start reading, I'm going to give you their their uh, Instagram info later because they they both post pictures. Yeah. And they're doing like a diary of each day with a picture. Oh, okay. Paddled 56 kilometers today. Ooh, 62 kilometers today. Really? <laughs> That's a lot. <laughs> uh, after a long break, we kayaked. Uh, yeah, the anchor for the night. The final two kilometers kayaked today were the toughest they of the journey. anchored? Yeah. They slept in the kayaks. I don't know if they slept in them or saying, because I saw them on shore a lot. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, probably one of the toughest moments I have seen, been through in recent memories. Um, it was sponsored by Very Nile, an environmental in- initiative aimed at cleaning the Nile and raising awareness about the perils of dumping inorganic waste in the river. Yeah. It was, uh, mostly smooth sailing from Aswan to Ral, Raz El Bar. Arriving at the Nile estuary where the river meets the Mediterranean, they declared themselves King of the Nile. <laughs> Kings of the Nile, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And whatever, paddling through the city, uh, Ras El Bar, surrounded by hundreds of docked ships, colorful water, waterside buildings, with the sight of the Mediterranean Sea in the horizon was so overwhelming, can't even put it to words. After something like that, I know, and you're just like, we're here, we actually did yeah. it. Yeah. Like so many emotions would be going through, right? It was an awesome adventure with Omar. Uh, together we, <laughs> Omar and Omar, right? Yeah. Together we got to see Egypt from a very different perspective. And for 43 days, we experienced life in a very different way. When That's you, amazing. And I, w- I will say, you have to check out their Instagram pages because the pictures, exactly. You're seeing things from a different perspective from the water. Yeah. And I mean, when you're thinking Egypt, you're, you're thinking, oh yeah, you know, you got the pyramids, pyramids blah, and... blah, 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 stuff like that. But to see some of the other stuff they were seeing along the way, I'm going to read you this one. So you, you check, you click on one of the pictures and beside it in the, the thing, he says day and gives a little brief thing. And part of this, I'm thinking, yeah, I'd do that. <laughs> the first part, <laughs> day 31, August 31st, 2020, distance kayaked 56 kilometers. Total distance kayak to date, 1,106 kilometers. Last night, my new right foot sandal was damaged. (laughs) And since I already lost my old right foot sandal, I am now wearing two left foot sandals. (laughs) Okay, that's got me written all over it. Uh, We woke up to the sound of a donkey chewing on grass behind us, who was then joined by a herd of sheep grazing on the fields around us. We then paddled seven kilometers to the nearest village to refill our bottles, since we all ran out of water last night before we slept. So yeah, they, they weren't yeah. just filtering, right? Uh, a few kilometers later, we crossed into the Beni Suef governorate, yeah, uh, then stopped at the town of Al-Hiba, where Omar went for a short hike inland to check out an ancient Roman ruin. Huh. So they were doing stuff along the way as yeah. well, which is pretty they cool. They were doing some exploring, not just race. Yeah. So that, that'd be a pretty cool trip to do. I think I've got a new bucket list trip. 43 <laughs> days, dude. Like it's a month and a half. I can't get that much time off. Of. <laughs> I'd have to call in sick. 
calling in I sick got the Nile flu. <laughs> Is that a thing? <laughs> we'll make it up. I got sand fleas. <laughs> I can't come in. We'll make something up. Yeah, that'd be that'd be actually a, a cool trip because it's not something you'd think about. It's out of the norm. No, no. You know. And really? yeah, and I've heard of. I, th- I think one of your books, you, it's a father and son who did this and I think they got robbed on the Nile or something, didn't they? Oh, no, no. That was the Amazon. Oh, was it the Amazon? Yeah, which is got actually for, is this the 40th year? Uh, this, uh, uh, Don Starkle and his son, why can I never remember his son's name? Yeah. They went from Winnipeg all the way down to the Amazon. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So it was wrong, wrong area. Of the wrong country. Yeah. <laughs> But yes, they got robbed. Same thing. <laughs> uh, so if you go to your Instagram account and check out Omar El Gala, O-M-A-R-E-L-G-A-L-L-A. Uh, and the second one is Omar Hossam, O-M-A-R-H, but the zero, not an O, but a zero, S-S-A-M, Omar Hossam. Check out their stuff because, like I say, there, there's some pretty great pictures there and the descriptions are uh, of their paddling days. Pretty cool. Uh, definitely check it out. And yeah, you'll, you, if you're looking for some nice reading and stuff like that, to, you know, with the pictures and stuff. It's pretty, like I say, you start, oh, I'll be back in an hour. I'm going to go check out those old <laughs> Roman yeah, ruins. I know, from, right? <laughs> you know, a couple hundred years, thousand years ago, whatever. Yeah. It's like, Wow. So, does that make you feel like you did nothing on your... It does. Well, hold on to your <laughs> shoes, my friend. Let me get you this one. Uh, in 2017 and 2018, Eric Sander explored Iceland, 1,400 kilometers, and Sweden, 5,080 kilometers. On his longboard skateboard. What? What? You heard me. He took his longboard and yeah. he went skateboarding through Iceland and Sweden huh. and had a blast. So he decided after that, he's going to go for 40 days, <laughs> 2,500 kilometers through Sweden on a stand-up paddleboard. So, so in 2017 to 2018, he did the longboard. So when is he doing this? Uh, this year he did it. He did. It, he did do it yeah. this year. Yeah, on a stand-up paddleboard, huh. twenty-five hundred kilometers. <laughs> Ended up paddling his way through almost the entire length of Sweden in forty days. That's amazing. Hmm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> wow. Total distance on water was twenty-three hundred kilometers. Yeah. And you went how far? <laughs> Not, far. Not far. Uh, 50 kilometers, yeah. 60 kilometers, maybe. We'll, we'll give you 100. We'll round it up to there 200. <laughs> Let's round it up to 200 for you. <laughs> yeah, I feel like a schmuck wow. now. That's incredible, eh? Isn't that something? Huh. Swedish paddler paddles 2,300 kilometers through Sweden. <laughs> and here we are thinking, oh, 1,500 kilometers down the Nile. Yeah. Peshaw. Yeah, Peshaw. Omar and Omar, you should be ashamed of yourself. You should have turned around and paddled back. <laughs> um, we're going to post a link. Uh, SUP Connect Online Magazine did a full interview with Eric Sander about his, his trip. 
And instead of just trying to read you the highlight points, we're going to give you guys homework. You can read it yourselves. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Online school, as it were. Yeah, we're going to post on our Facebook page there uh, a little later. We'll we'll put the link to the, his article or, or his uh, interview uh, about his trip through. And it looks like there's some pretty interesting things. But yeah, so all those people thought, wow, I did a lot of paddling this year. Yeah. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Sorry to burst your bubble, <laughs> Derek. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Woo, 200 kilometers. Woo, 2,300. <laughs> yeah. And then they took Eric out back and they beat him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Omar and Omar, congrats on that trip. Man, that's that's awesome. And uh, Eric Sander, man, that's, that's awesome. But, uh, Iceland and Sweden on a skateboard. Did you ever watch The Secret Life of Walter Mitty? Never With, saw it. Um, I never saw Oh, who's a guy from something Ball? about marrying something about marrying? Yeah, guy? What's, what's his name? Uh, ben Stiller. Yeah, Ben Stiller. Ben Stiller. I I really enjoyed that movie because I enjoyed the the book, which is not the yeah. same really mm-hmm. as this. Uh, but he's on a skateboard and he's in Iceland. Oh yeah. Well, Trace and I. That movie came out the year after Trace and I went to Iceland, and we were pointing out places that we were in that movie. Oh, right, which is pretty cool. Yeah. So. So, yeah, um, I will expect your paddling kilometers to increase next year. <laughs> <laughs> Greatly. Huge. So when's the last time we had an episode or a, a uh, under an hour? It's been forever. It'll be under an hour today. Is it? Well, unless we ramble yeah. on for three more minutes. We can. <laughs> well, we still got our exit. Should we do a commercial? <laughs> and you throw in a couple Push of songs or something. <laughs> We're just going to play the entire collection of uh, Jerry Vandiver there songs. You, go. <laughs> uh, you got anything else this week? I do not. I'm going to get this show ready to go and we'll put it up uh, for everybody to listen. I'm going to go make some Hungry Jack hash browns and pack and get ready to go. <laughs> well, yes, you're leaving right away. Yeah, and next, next, uh, next week we got to record on... A different day. Yes. We got to record at the beginning of the week instead of the end of the week. So I hope yeah. a lot of stuff happens between now and Monday. Yeah. Because otherwise we're just going to be playing the entire Jerry Vandiver collection. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Actually, we got uh, John, I think is going to come on and talk about the paddling opportunities he noticed at uh, Isle Royale. Yeah. And I uh, th- think we're going to talk about your other thing. We got stuff for next week. There we're you. good. We're good. And we'll drink more beer. Yes. Uh, I think that's about it. So if you want to find out more about us, you can find us at paddlingadventuresradio.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can listen to our podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Player FM, and all your favorite podcast downloading sites. If you go to the episode page at Paddling Adventures Radio, you can listen to all 242 you can download them to your phone and listen to them at your leisure. If you're enjoying the podcast, please share it with your friends and family. And that is about it. So I want to thank everybody for listening this week. I'm Sean Rowley. And I'm Dirk Specht. We'll see you next time.